0: this episode of the clear out was recorded on the 28th of September 2022 at home in Wicklow and in it i thought i wasn't going to talk about uh masha amini the kurdish woman who was killed in iran in police custody a couple of weeks ago i thought i wasn't going to talk about that i thought i wasn't going to offer my response and thoughts around religious, um, fascism, uh, morality, police, uh, entrenched, institutionalised, misogyny, religious hypocrisy, religious fundamentalism, fanaticism, ultra-conservatism. I thought I wasn't going to talk about that, but then I ended up talking about that Um. I thought I was going to talk about movies and I, uh, I, I do very, very, very briefly at the end of the episode when uh, I realised I'd taken up the whole episode talking about what has been transpiring in Iran over the last little while so um look as ever it's all put into a context of of wellness it's all put into a context of resilience and trying to be aware and engaging with one's own thoughts um and yeah all of that kind of thing so um i i I do start the episode with um one of my semi-regular breakdowns of where i'm coming from with the podcast and what i'm trying to do and why i believe in the the value of what i do on this platform um and then yes the talk turns to iran and the darkness of the human soul when it gets corrupted um so that's i mean it's i make it sound like it's going to be incredibly heavy and bleak and dark it's not it's just talking about a pretty serious topic um that's it so that's what's coming up anyway it's a little bit political it's a little bit social it's a lot human um see what you think get into it okay i will see you around the corner cheers to change my mind leaving the dream behind Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out You're very welcome Thank you Thank you for joining me How are you? How's it going? Check in with yourself there What's the, uh, what's the temperature? What's the read? What's your barometer saying? Pressure up? Or down. The little home studio here at hashtag blessed uh, has had some. Well, I won't say it's had some changes, but I'm, I'm I may I may I may be late to the party. I'm looking at plants. My my wife uses this room more than I do, and teaches a lot of music here, and it's the home office. But um, there's an array of plants in the window, um, a very, a very healthy looking fern, and a, a defiant. i a pretty. I'm pretty sure that's a geranium, and then there's something else I can't quite make out, and then a, a fourth plant, uh, a leafy thing, fronds, looking a little bit tatty. But um, the fern is drawing my eye, it's uh, abundant and very healthy looking and I get it, I get it, the, the plant thing, how a plant can um, evoke something very soothing. Again I come back to the concept of natural it's a natural thing and when it's lush and vibrant and somewhat buoyant that's that's good energy right there and as i look through the window outside the sun is striking the the trees uh the birds are singing there's a bit of a breeze um I can't quite see blue sky, but there's yeah, as I say, there's a bit of sun there, so it it's quite nice, and um, that's good. That's good. I'm 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 feeling like I'm feeling like I need a bit of that right now. I need, I need a bit of that sunshine. I need things that are right, <laughs> and I don't mean correct in 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 that sense of right, but. Um, what do I mean things just being in their natural place and giving off that energy of order is that what I'm craving order am I craving non-interference am I craving calmness serenity perhaps i can hear i can hear my i can hear my voice there's a there's a tiredness i have a bit of a a bit of fatigue in the body that's okay that's okay um my my recent habit with the podcast is to record in the morning and certainly a certain amount of morning energy is present and i'm i'm indulging that i'm not trying to counter it with um, a conscious activation of higher energy. The, uh, The energy is what it is and it's certainly not preventing me being present here, which is the main thing. Now, before I continue, if you are new, new to the clear out, new to this experience, new to the tell, very simply, my focus week in and week out is to explore ideas around wellness, ideas around survival, ideas around resilience, ideas around trying to be open, honest, vulnerable, authentic um, and accessing through that engagement more positivity, more confidence. Um, and more capability, I suppose. And it's an ongoing dialogue. It's an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing investigation. And from one week to the next, I never know what's going to pique my interest. Um, But often it's coming from a personal um, episode in my own life. It may be related to movies that I've watched. It may be related to politics or culture. Um, it may on occasion be an interview with someone who I feel is worth talking to. Uh, or <laughs> an interview with someone who, uh, to whom I'm grateful for sharing their time and deigning to join me in hashtag blessed for an old chat so, all of it, broadly speaking, all of it is meant to contribute to a bit of positive energy and a bit of slow cooking of thought, slow cooking of engagement, slow cooking of examination of the process of being alive. <laughs> So uh <laughs> excuse me sorry. That's um that's the gig. That's what's going on here. And it all started it all started um 9 years ago. Uh r- roughly 9 years ago when I started the clearout.com where I I wrote think pieces I suppose, blog posts but medium to long form think pieces about this very stuff i've just uh, been referring to so emotional and psychological well-being this idea of the examined life um the examined life the probably a a tacit advocacy of um personal interrogation self-interrogation not ever, I hope. I don't think it ever really veers into anything too grossly narcissistic or solipsistic. Um, but what can I do? What can I do? It's. Um, I suppose my fundamental belief is you're not really going to fix anybody else. You may as well spend some time trying to fix yourself. But Dara, are we, are we, are you know, do are we actually broken? Do we actually need to be fixed? Is, is that not, is, is that not actually a fallacy? Um, because I, I don't know if if we're just being brainwashed to think that we need help, and it's it's part of the toxicity of the wellness industry. I mean, we we just are what we are. Just let it be. I mean, that's an argument, isn't it? That is an argument, um, this idea. I mean, I, I, in my, my frame is often, we're all, a bit, we're all a bit broken. We're all a bit fractured. We're all a bit wounded. We're all a bit damaged. And maybe some of you listen to this and go, what the hell are you talking about? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. You're talking out of your ass. Not everybody experiences life the way you do, buster. That uh that cannot be anything other than true. We all experience reality differently. We all only have our own little viewfinder. Um, but whatever about the rightness of the language, um I think we all carry stuff. We're all shaped by our our histories we're all shaped by where we've come from we're all shaped by whatever has been put into us whatever has been around us whatever we've been born with it's all in the mix at all times and I don't I don't believe we should spend all of our time examining ourselves that would be grotesque um, and totally unnecessary and um, and a certain route to madness, but I think, as part of the general health check, uh, certainly some periodical reflection um, in you know with the objective of gaining insight with the objective of starting with oneself as the place to broaden understanding um, from the world of martial arts um, which I've been involved in for uh, 30 years now um, as a practitioner and teacher the it, it you know it, it, it's a cliche and it, it crops up in popular culture and certainly the way martial arts is presented in tv and movies and stuff but the the old truism from traditional martial arts philosophy is the battle begins with the self. Knowing yourself first is the way to become a more formidable opponent, to become a more formidable practitioner, a more formidable adversary for those who you have to to face. So I... I do believe that um, that's very true that's very true the The more you understand yourself the more you can stop thinking about yourself and carry on with whatever is out there in front of you um, in the world and you don't have to be second-guessing yourself or bringing your doubts and neuroses uh, with you you can just you can just stuff them down into your socks and pretend they don't exist suppress suppress little children suppress put on a smile chest up nose forward out you go into the world you'll be grand you'll be grand um anyway there you go so um that's uh that's that's the general pitch and I don't articulate that in every single episode, but I occasionally will lay it out like that or lay it out in whatever whatever formulation comes to mind in the moment and makes sense in the moment. And I think if that is part of the part of the, the, the machine or part part of your part of your methodology of staying honest and keeping yourself honest. I think new insights will always come if you're exercising that muscle, if you're exercising that part of your your being. Um, new insights will always come. So I hate this idea of being a finished product. Um, I really, yeah, it's just anathema to me. I think there's always... There's always process, there's always progress, there's always a journey, there's always an evolution into a new, a new, I don't want to say like a new shape but there's movement and I think there's something thrilling about that idea of the possibility of something new and for me I'm rarely I'm really focused on the the external oh the new experience that's not really what stimulates me or entices me or arouses me I'm not looking for oh what's the what's the new thing where's the new place where's the new destination what's the new product um that 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 my lack of interest in that is probably connected to a lifetime of not not having, ne- not necessarily having the means to pursue material uh, reinvention or material interests um, I get much more excited uh, and maybe this is the um, I'm hesitant I was going to say the philosopher in me but that sounds a bit pretentious just a bit <laughs> I do I think it's thrilling the idea that your personal evolution can continue and the idea that things can reveal themselves or can strike you as new and i think there's amazing energy uh in that something that's very galvanizing and invigorating and that's i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't believe that um And I wouldn't be doing this in the way I do it if I didn't believe that. And just to clarify, that is fundamentally to sit down once a week with sometimes without a single idea of what I'm going to speak about. And just press record and off I go on my little journey for an hour and a bit Um, because things reveal themselves. Flow happens and... It may not always be staggeringly uh, revelatory or or fresh or insightful, but there's a a fluidity and a certain mental dexterity that is being practiced live as I record, um, and that that's not that's not not useful that brings a certain agility of mind and a certain responsiveness which I think is good which I welcome Um, and certainly when I counter that to areas of rigidity in my life and I must say at the moment my body is giving me a bit of grief nothing serious nothing serious just uh, I guess I've been lifting some big weights at work recently and my back is definitely feeling um the strain and i've been back playing a little tiny bit of football and uh, my hips are giving me a bit of grief there and again no surprise this is uh this is this is merely an indication of age and the passage of time and not being 18 anymore because it's been over 30 years since i was 18 anyway so after all that what is what is the focus of today's episode i had thought i was going to in some way talk about uh masha amini i don't know if i'm pronouncing her first name right masha or masa i mean the young kurdish woman who was killed in police custody in iran um in the last couple of weeks and her her death has triggered uh ongoing protests and demonstrations um in iran and i I think i feel elsewhere in the kind of neighboring areas um and it's very much connected to, uh, to I guess is it Sharia law? Is that right? Um, but like strict Islamic, like the strict implementation of conservative Islamic law by by mullahs who are the, the the educated Islamic men and scholars who go. This is how we should live. This is how we should be. And it seems to, it seems to, certainly in Western eyes, it seems to be epitomized by how women are expected to, to behave and how women are expected to cover themselves in the, the hijab and their other traditional dress and not r- reveal their faces or bodies to others. Um, and this Poor young woman's death has just been a, a catalyst to 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 release or to unlock or let the, the floodgates open on, on, on the kind of the rage and and the grief and the disgust, the the the, the furious indignation of so many Iranians and so many Iranian women. To just go, enough is enough. Um, And I can only sit here in a very blasé Western country um, where we're not impacted by this in any direct sense. And look in admiration at those women who are standing up to a police state, basically, and in a way I, for some reason to me it feels it feels worse than a police state and i mean i i spoke about this briefly last week um when i was talking about the the less savory side of woke ideology but this kind of fascist moral policing so a morality police um it brings something extra um extra what extra more more forbidding more zealous i suppose um because it's informed by um it's informed by profound faith and a sort of a a hysterical relationship with faith and believing probably on you know, probably believing that one is an agent of a higher power um, and the hysteria comes with this sort of um, opposite and equal reaction to the breaking of the law as seen through the eyes in, in this case as seen through the eyes of, of mullahs as seen through the eyes of these again it's a it's a phrase that's probably a little bit overused and conflated but through an islamic fundamentalist view ultra conservative um and the more conservative and entrenched they are in that belief system the more Extreme their reaction will be to the flouting of the laws that they feel should be in place, and it's a very male frame, as far as I can tell. And the idea then that a young woman um, would defy that and then fundamentally be tortured and beaten to death by male police in in the safety of their police station or cells or whatever um yeah it's um i mean it it's it hits you in in, in different places but the the sort of the, the 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 initial kind of disgust at those men the there's something inherently cowardly um about a group of men who have the authority of police beating a young woman to death Um, and turning on on its head the idea that police are there to protect police are there to serve that they're public servants um, rather than tools of tools or or weapons of ideology um, I mean, I said I was going to talk about this as if, I, you know, as if I changed my mind. I, I, it appears I am talking about it now. My hesitance to to talk about this in great detail is how poor my knowledge is of Iranian and Persian history. How little I know of the 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 state of modern Iran. How little I know about the, the 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 revolution that overthrew the the Shah in 1979 and ushered in what's been whatever 43 years of theocracy, um, an out and out religious state, um, and I just don't know the subtleties and. I'm not, I just feel a responsibility not to misrepresent. So all I can offer at the moment is a a personal response. Um, And I have, I have a great, a great, great friend um, and listener uh, of the podcast um, who I I worked with in um, Melbourne, who is, who is Iranian, who's Persian and he's a, he's a terrific guy, um, and he's, a, he's got the soul of a poet. He is very knowledgeable about his country's history and its works of literature and its, its politics and its hypocrisies and horrors, um, and he, he left Iran as a young, a young man, um, a young guy. I think he was only a teenager when he um, arrived in, in the U.S., um and that's where that's where he kind of grew up and finished his education and, um he he's back there now so um I was gonna say, hello Sohail if you're listening, lots of love from hashtag blessed, I think of you often, um and it would be great maybe at some point uh I can get Sohail onto the show we'll have a maybe we can have a chat about this and other things, um personally I'm a big fan of the face-to-face experience the in the flesh experience um but that may have to be uh something done via zoom uh, or whatever other abundant technology is out there facilitating that sort of thing um and so hale would be the man to come on and maybe give us some real insight um into the the the, the whole picture but there's no, I, I don't need to be an expert on Iranian history or culture or the, the nuances of Islamic, theocratic uh, interpretation and application to know that beating a young woman to death is abhorrent to me. Um, and I, I applaud any Iranians who are, are standing up to the oppressive regime that polices the morality of the state and the morality of its citizens with such brutality with such cruelty um, and in such a in, in in such a way that suggests they have no fear whatsoever of reprisals or repercussions and how that type of brutality can tally up with religious faith um in in i i'm talking about in a very kind of deeply personal individual way how someone can think this is all good um Allah would be proud of me for what I've done today uh, and I've had a young woman's blood on my hands and I'm going home to my own family my own children my own daughter Um it's there, there's something very incongruous there and it's not to say that I can't in my imagination get into the mind of someone who is a fanatic it's not how I can't access a little bit of Um, ...historical knowledge... ...and understand the idea of... ...institutional... ...brutality... ...institutional hatred... ...institutional misogyny... um, ...institutional abuses... ...of power... um, ...and... ...the again... ...the the idea that came to us... ...in the aftermath of the Second World War... ...from Hannah Arendt... ...wasn't it... Uh, ...who referred to the the banality of evil... Um, and that's also something that's been uh, explored or examined in the was it the stanford um, the stanford what experiment i can't i I mean again i'm probably i haven't sat down and done any research on this i'm just trying to recall from the the recesses of my cobwebbed mind the that experiment that was conducted i think it was stanford where uh, basically an, uh, an experiment in in the abuse of power and the distribution of punishment and pain and how quickly the people in the experiment who were in a position to press a button to deliver an electric shock or I can't even remember what it was, how they got desensitized very quickly um, to the consequences of their actions. Um, So there's there's something in... There's nothing inherently shocking about humans behaving appallingly towards other humans there's nothing inherently shocking about people being victimized there's nothing inherently shocking uh, about um, entrenched misogyny within an institution within a culture it may be disappointing it may make one feel dismayed at how crap humans are um and how we continue to fail our our better instincts um there's some there's some line floating around my my head or what is uh, some quote something about our better angels oh anyway failing failing those guys and that ultimately is how I view it. When, and and it's very academic. I can say I can kind of go. Well, I'm not there. I'm not being affected. It's not my daughter. It's not someone else's daughter. I know. It's out of remove, and this is very speculative and reflective and completely um, hypothetical, I suppose. Um, and it, and in because of that. There's, there's something kind of offensive I find about even speaking about it and going oh well you know I think this and I think that and you put it into this context and that context and that's that's just a million miles away from the reality of the people who are there experiencing the fear the terror the hatred um, the corruption of the corruption of 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 the human spirit i suppose and that that to me is something that i think is is in the mix and something that is truly saddening um and again it's not there's nothing unprecedented about this um but what what i would certainly hope is that these protests and these demonstrations will affect some serious change and may, may bring about the the end of of that regime. And I think it, it could be tempting to be overly simplistic or reductive in how we think about this because in no way does this suggest to me, oh, it, like it, it's not a... It's not about saying let's um let's destroy an Islamic State or let's let's usher in a whole load of Western values into that part of the world. Um Iran has its own rich, rich history to to rebuild itself um on. And I think it's more about can't can't islam still be very much a part of the Iranian identity and Iranian culture without having to enforce such strict um and censorious laws um to do with personal freedoms and personal liberties um and this you know this brings me back to one of my old favourite themes the idea that faith should be something that brings confidence um and you know greater confidence and greater tolerance and greater understanding and i feel when faith is weaponized which is that that's how i that's how i think about dogma when faith is laid out as something completely rigid and unchangeable all that says to me is that there's terrible fear and insecurity and uncertainty around the strength of of the faith in question around the the prospect of the faith surviving and withstanding anything else around it in the world um If something is truly strong, if something is felt to be truly strong and profoundly right and natural, it shouldn't feel afraid. It shouldn't feel it has to enforce itself. It shouldn't feel it has to constantly assert its power. That should be unnecessary. I mean, think about it for a second. If we, if, if, I, if I draw, if I, if I, if I, if I do one of my r- redonkulously clunky analogies, if you imagined every apex predator from the animal world constantly banging on to everybody about what a, a legend they were and what an amazing predator they were. I'm a grizzly bear. Look what I can do. (gasps) I'm a killer whale. Check out my big teeth. I'm a tiger. Look at this. It's absurd. It's absurd. The rest of the animal kingdom just knows. That's okay. That's a tiger. Respect. I'll keep my distance. (laughs) That's a killer whale. I'll just swim over here. I'll just hide behind this. I don't know. I don't know what you can hide behind uh, if you're swimming in waters with killer whales. Um, there's a grizzly bear. I hope to God it hasn't seen me. I hope there aren't any cubs around. I hope I'm not standing between that grizzly bear and its cubs. Um, it's, you know, respect. You're there. I can, I can see your strength. I can see your power. And also you're a thing of beauty and you're, you're a natural thing in the world and good for you and you know i'll harmonize i'll harmonize with you you sing your grizzly bear tune i'll sing my skinny white boy tune and we'll get along really well and in a way i feel faith if we're talking about you know the the fund you know the, the 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 most popular religions in the world historically in a way i feel like they should be they should be apex predators, just kind of chilling on a rock, chilling in the jungle, chilling on the savanna, chilling in a cave, chilling in that part of that part of the sea, the ocean, um, and not not too worried about how they're perceived, and they don't feel the need to bombastically uh, lay out their vision um, and constantly reassert and try to reaffirm their power uh, and their sense of of majesty Um, I mean again flip it and go imagine if you were dealing with loads of insecure apex predators loads of insecure grizzly bears and insecure killer whales and insecure tigers who are constantly looking for approval Um, I mean d do, 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 you know do, do you think you know, do you think I'm big enough do you think if I saw you know do you think if a dolphin saw me they'd they'd actually they'd actually stop in their in 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 their tracks and and back up a little and start swimming in reverse if they saw me or just do, do you think if they saw me they just wouldn't be scared at all do you think they'd like go well, yeah, it's a killer whale, but it's not a blue whale um you know pff, it's kind of small for a killer whale uh eh. I'll take my chances. Again, makes no sense whatsoever. So for me, if you've got a faith and the representatives of that faith, and I'm not talking about, well, maybe I am talking about, if we're talking, if we're talking about fundamentalism, um, and this, of course, can be applied to any, any major religion, um like fundamentalism i guess gets conflated with conservatism wanting things to stay as they are and it's a very rigid application and interpretation um of one's faith one's um and you know and 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 the, the the sacred text uh upon which one's faith is based or where one's faith has been laid out um that um Relationship speaks to me of, of of fear and not of confidence um, what I was going to say before was uh, I wasn't going to include followers or adherents of a religion and focus more on the the high priests the imams the whoever whatever religion it, ha- it happens to be the, the rabbis the the in-between men the because it is generally men isn't it or it has been historically um but that relationship that fundamentalist ultra conservative relationship that rigid dogmatic relationship to me seems to be rooted in in fear um fear that the faith won't be strong enough to withstand um, any any possible threat, and so the response is to police those threats with extreme prejudice, um, and certainly that that would seem to apply to to what happened to, to Masha Amini, uh, the the young Kurdish woman in Iran a couple of weeks ago, um, and. I don't know. There's um, there's I mean, there's another there's another element in this actually, which is just the the, the 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 deep longing in some people for for certitude, the deep longing for uh, the safety of the club, um, and in, in this case, of course, you know the club is the you know, the, the the major religion in in question. Um, people, many people, love that feeling of of belonging to something, belonging to uh, a group, a club, an organization, something that insulates them and involves um, involves maybe a, a sense of promised protection and inclusion Um, and it affords one um, a status it may inform it may afford someone a, a passageway to to other opportunities perhaps and of course when it's when it's extreme as it is in in iran it affords one safety. It affords one the appearance of obedience and compliance, um, which is hugely important um, when the the when 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 a government or an institution is trying to rule within very strict parameters and codes of of behaviour um but to me it's it it, it's completely unnatural um and this is the funny thing isn't it now there's gonna be there'll be a counter argument for this i suppose but humans we are so good at behaving unnaturally we're so good at creating structures and institutions and groups and clubs and societies that isolate and insulate the members from the rest of the world um cults of course do this uh extremely well um maybe maybe more maybe they're the maybe they're the the textbook example um, of an unnatural organization, um, or an organization built around unnatural, an unnatural order. Um, but I think when you get to the the extremes of the 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 sort of core religions in the world, the the extremes fall into that area as well, because let's not forget within this conversation that there are plenty of moderate practitioners and adherents of any of the major religions you care to think of Um, and people who have certain aspects of the religion as part of their lifestyle as part of their identity as part of their culture Um, but it sits in a much easier place and it sits in a place that isn't attached to um policing or the enforcement of the the laws of their core religious texts um and i feel certainly to my mind and the way my personality is wired and again i'm not a religious person i don't subscribe to any religion i don't I'm an atheist as well um but I don't feel threatened by other people's faith or their beliefs um but obviously, I would if I was living in Iran <laughs> um and maybe I would if I was living in a very conservative part of 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 the United States, perhaps I don't know um like that that conservatism um you know you do encounter it every now and again like there's no question you can come across that even um you know in any in any walk of life where you can feel instinctively and energetically you can feel yourself butting up against uh someone else's deeply held worldview which can often be informed by religion um and certainly there's i I feel there's definitely a a parallel between the 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 extreme policing and, and enforcement of of faith in in iran under the 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 ayatollah and the mullahs there there's certainly a parallel with how ireland was under the most repressive days of Catholicism, where the Catholic Church had held sway in every corner of Irish society um, and that 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 legacy you know it, it's 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 still very much a part of 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 recent Irish history and recent Irish identity. A fascinating aspect of, of modern Ireland is how fast the acceleration has been away from that Ireland which really was still very much around in the 80s um, now I know if you're I don't know how many younger listeners I have I, I feel not many <laughs> you know I go ah the eighties sure that was just yesterday but it's like forty years ago um but it feels that feels like it was it's just kind of over my shoulder um and again I grew up in a, a hippie household with very tolerant um and broad sort of leftist politics and social socialist leanings um but certainly no no religious fundamentalism came near us. Um, But even within that, just by being a little bit aware and paying attention, and even as a kid, you could tap into the darkness that still existed in Ireland, very much connected to um, rigid, rigid, forbidding Catholicism um, and... As someone I saw on social media recently, um, I I God, I, I I meant to check her, I meant to check her deets. I guess a a psychologist, um, uh, an American, maybe she's not American. I felt she had an American accent. I might have that wrong, but she was speaking. You know, she was speaking, um, after the the death of Masha Amini, and I think she describes herself as an an identity something or other identity oh i'd have to look it up she, she was very good but f- she was basically speaking about the the component of the component of shame in 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 religious fundamentalism um and as i say this was her response to um what was going on in iran um and that component of shame uh and and guilt and particularly shame and guilt around sexual expression and around just the, the idea of sex altogether, um, that was very much in the mix with Catholicism uh, as well. Um, and the, 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 the cultural sort of atmosphere um, around that was just fiercely intolerant um and brutally intolerant and so much or so many of the instances of abuse that happened at the hands of catholic priests in ireland and elsewhere i feel is completely enmeshed in that idea of shame and guilt around sexual impulses um and the the repression or suppression of those impulses. And I was speaking earlier about the you know, the rightness of things in, in, in nature. Um, and I think I've instinctively understood, felt and experienced from a very young age what I always what I always thought of as being very natural is the the the, the sexual impulse. And the the sexual dynamic or one's relationship with that impulse and with others. I've always felt this, you know, without it ever being overtly spoken about or addressed in my childhood. Um, I just felt this is as natural as anything else. And, you know, thank God, I say, I mean, I've never, I, n- I never had any area of, <laughs> I'm beginning to sound like a psychopath. I never had any area of of doubt or or shame or or guilt or or reticence um around the idea of sex, sexual expression, sexual impulses, sexual desire. Um I I just thought, yeah, this is a great thing. <laughs> i wish i was able to have access to it um apart from with myself Um, so i and i feel lucky because of course i've i i know lots of people who, who didn't have that sort of unsullied relationship with it and had a lot of negative experiences um and you know our suboptimal experiences a lot of doubt and anxiety around that and I'm talking about male and female friends um but so yeah so so to me I, I feel very strongly instinctively like the idea of being judged or shamed for anything connected for anything connected to the the natural sexual impulse um and how and again i'm I'm drawing i'm, I'm really fast tracking the connection then to to what happened in iran if somehow the revealing of the face the showing of the face is the the the, the tip of the iceberg uh, you know within fundamental uh islamic thought um and again i'm i I'm on the rocks here because i haven't done my research and i don't want to misrepresent something that is uh, that deserves more uh, knowledge around it so i'm going i you know I, I want to revisit this and as i say i may i may revisit it with my my friend sohail friend of the pod um uh, or i may just you know sit down and do some proper research and come back with a more informed Um, response but um yeah the, the 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 idea of and this is the thing it's the it's the idea of shame and guilt being projected onto the alleged perpetrator by someone who has shut themselves off or clad themselves in the dressing of of devotion and of devoutness um that the inherent hypocrisy in that makes me furious i just find it disgusting and it returns me to that idea of go away sort your own stuff out and don't come back out here with your big stick or with your gang who are going to punish this person because they have more confidence, because they understand the insanity of your position. And again, this is not like, hey, let's all be going around with our privates hanging out. It's not as reductive as that. If you're someone who has a relationship with faith that is non-sexual, that says, I'm not going to... Uh, indulge the pleasures of the body and you can be happy and you're not judging other people and you're not a bigot and you have brought serenity into your life and your faith is your faith is your 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 touchstone your guide stone and you are very well in yourself i wish you well and congratulations and that's your choice and go live your life um but the problem is of course and again this is back into one of my my favorite patterns on the podcast stating the absolutely obvious when you decide that you've done that and people who haven't made the same choice need to be damned to hell and beaten to death or stoned or whatever Um, you've got a very distorted understanding of of faith a very distorted understanding of what that type of spirituality or practice um should do for you that's my opinion um i'm just a, a you know no matter that i'm an atheist I recognise how important faith can be and how restorative it can be for many people. Um, there's a part of me that just goes, "It's, it's just this, it's just a belief system or a belief structure that offers people support, that gives people's lives meaning, and I'm not threatened by that, personally. Um, now I know." I know there are aspects of again we're talking about branches or fringes um, of of religions, um, and maybe that's understating what's going on. That that probably is massively understating the situation in Iran. But I know there are there are interpretations of some religions that basically go: this is a war against all other religions, and everybody needs to be brought to 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 heal. Um, and have the yoke of our of our religion put on them, and only then will the world be well. Um, and that can be an aspect of fundamentalism, um, the, the proselytizing and the aggressive um, the aggressive pursuit of of the spread of one's faith. Um, I mean, the way the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses do it. It doesn't feel as scary um and maybe i don't know maybe they could maybe they could learn a thing or two from the mullahs um i jest i jest and you know forgive me if you're if you're offended but i hope your faith is strong enough to withstand my humor um if it's not strong enough maybe you're maybe you maybe you've got the wrong faith how, how about that um yeah if i can if i can dig it out and i mean I've I've, I've I've kind of deactivated my old website and, and i've got a friend my friend daniel my friend daniel is, is working on a, a new website for the for everything the old uh blog posts some short stories poetry photographs and the podcast will all be in one place um one place soon i hope um I may dig out the piece I wrote about this idea of dogma and belief systems, and how they shouldn't be weaponized. And once they're weaponized, it tells me you're holding on too tight, and your your compulsion to defend what you have um, so aggressively makes me question what you're defending, and it makes me question your own faith in what you're defending. And if you think that doesn't apply to a young woman being beaten to death by police in a police station in iran Um, i I mean i defy you not to see that connection i defy you not to see the 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 perversion of that um the distortion of, of of faith um and again in my simplistic mind faith should be something akin to to love and that love should be something akin to tolerance and compassion it should enrich not only the adherent the believer the practitioner it should enrich all of us if you know if we're coming into contact with someone who is compassionate thoughtful tolerant understanding and feels secure enough in their faith not to have to beat you over the head with it, um, or beat you to death because you're not adhering with the same levels of rigor. Um, yeah, you're you're you're, in, you're you know you're you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. Okay. So look, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about it, and I just filled whatever it was forty minutes um doing that so um there's just no shutting me up um i don't know if that contributes to your own reflection or if you've given any thought to to what's been happening over in Iran, but once again once again i um i applaud i applaud those protesters I hope they i hope to get the result they want um and it's not coming. Easily, um there have been, I think, where it's almost up to ninety deaths. I'm not sure if that's correct. But that's the last report I saw. But don't don't forget that's on the back of how many other deaths within the the last forty odd years. How many people have been disappeared? How many people have been done away with? The the um, what's what's the what's the phrase the 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 tentacles (laughs) the tentacles of iranian conservatism and in the the, uh, the enforcement of iranian theocratic conservatism they're the maybe tentacles isn't the right word right word but they they spread far and wide um and i remember sohail mentioning that to me that representatives of tehran are out there in the world keeping an eye on iranians wherever they live um keeping an eye on how they behave how they live what they say who they speak to where they share their opinions what they're saying in public forums what they're saying online um it's uh, it's a real thing and um one has to be careful if uh, even if if you're an Iranian and you're living very far from home, that is no guarantee of safety. Um so there you go. Maybe I don't know if um if I get to speak to Sohail, I'm not sure if he'll be in a position to um to to to, to speak about that because of that very reason. Anyway. So look I might um I might just leave it there. Uh that's probably it's probably a, quite enough for today. It's a little bit bit serious Bit heavy, um, but I think, again, as always, worth worth examining, worth examining one's uh, thoughts and feelings, on on such things. That's that's what I believe anyway. I had thought I was going to talk about uh, Working Girl, the nineteen ninety eight Mike Nichols film with Melanie Griffith, Sigourney Weaver, and Harrison Ford. Um because I looked at that at the weekend and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. An absolutely brilliant and very moving central performance from Melanie Griffith. I mean that is that's a you're talking about like women's a women's movement. Um I mean that's that's a a film about over overcoming misogyny, overcoming class. Um and sticking to one's own convictions and self belief, and needing a bit of help, but having what it takes to, to to get there. And it's a it's a very it's a very fun and agile comedy. Um, I may go into it in in more detail, maybe next week, maybe soon. I because I was going to I was basically going to look at three 1980s American movies um, and just comment on how how the uh, it, it, how if you watch those movies um, and the three movies in question were Working Girl, Broadcast News and The Big Chill it would be impossible it would be impossible to watch those movies um, and not think wow uh, America belonged to white people um, just very <laughs> I mean, all very attractive, uh, you know, attractive, fun, interesting um, characters played by very attractive, charismatic, capable American actors. But, um, oh my goodness, so, so white. Um, yeah, but look, that's, you know, there's again, there's a there's a, a nuanced conversation to, to have around that just because just cuz there weren't other stories being shown and just cuz there weren't other faces being seen um it doesn't invalidate those stories but they're uh, they're reflective of yeah they're reflective of the stories that were being written and the stories that were being told and who was telling them and making them and writing them so um yeah i don't know maybe it's enough just to say that i may i may revisit those they're all they're all movies worth watching anyway for for lots of different reasons okay that's it i'm done i'm done for another week so um there you go there were thoughts on what personal freedom um and religious suppression and hypocrisy and my distrust of dogma don't don't set it in stone don't ever set it in stone that is not how the world works that is not how we are as people um and and insecure apex predators. So um yeah, I hope you got something out of that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please please do. Please do share some love on social media. The clear out podcast is on Facebook. It's on Instagram, it's on YouTube. The clear out 2, that's the number 2, the digit 2, the clear out 2 is on Twitter. And if you want to email me any thoughts, uh, I mean emails now are, are almost like letters. Uh, you know the way people felt about letters when email came in no one writes letters anymore i feel like people don't like to do emails that much either um you can email me at the clear out live at gmail.com and also if you want to throw some financial support ching ching at the podcast at the show the tell this independent enterprise you can do so there should be should be a supporter link Wherever you're listening to this podcast, go to the description. You should see a supporter link. There, you can make a one time contribution of any size. Or if you want to become a regular contributor to the show, a benefactor, if you will, you can use Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the clear out. And through that link, you can become a regular contributor of a small amount of money uh i think it goes comes out of your account once or twice a month and it's just whatever the price of a a cup of tea the price of a turmeric latte (laughs) a chia i don't know uh i'm running out of stupid drinks okay listen thank you so much for listening thank you for giving me your ears your time your thoughts and i will talk to you soon take care all the best mind yourselves See you.